Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Will Andronico. Boston was a bit cloudy yesterday, but warm in the mid-50s and sunny by the end of the day. On April 8th, Bostonians can expect a high of 57 degrees with mostly cloudy skies and the rest of this week, temperatures will warm up to highs of 63 on Friday and peaking at 70 on Saturday before dropping back to 54 degrees on Sunday alongside some rain showers. Now we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On April 7th, nine members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. Eight of them were students and one was an employee. For the week of March 31st to April 6th, 0.28% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.17% of tested faculty and 0.16% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 18 hours to process each test. The total number of students in isolation has increased from a low of 40 on March 29th to 63 yesterday, and 1,271 students have recovered from the disease. Sarah Weinberg is here now to report on service opportunities here at BU. This weekend, the Community Service Center is hosting its second annual hybrid Global Days of Service, April is Community Service Month at BU, and every year the Community Service Center hosts different volunteer opportunities for the BU community. This year, the Global Days of Service will be in a hybrid format, offering opportunities both virtual, remote, and in-person. In-person volunteer opportunities are limited, but there are plenty of virtual events to take part in. Volunteers can donate food and clothes, or partner with local organizations to help the greater Boston community. The list of virtual volunteer opportunities include working with the Dorchester Art Project to provide affordable studio space for artists in Boston, and the Missing Maps Project to map vulnerable areas in need of humanitarian aid. From Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Sarah Weinberg for WTBU News. Joining us now is James Paleologopoulos with controversy surrounding the Vermont governor's vaccine rollout. The governor of Vermont is defending a decision to prioritize black, indigenous, and people of color in the state when it comes to COVID-19 vaccinations. Last week, Governor Phil Scott announced Vermont would be opening up vaccine eligibility to these residents. The goal was to try and fill the gap when it came to vaccination rates within the state's non-white communities. Calling existing disparities unacceptable, the governor said in a statement that he and health officials decided to expand the number of groups eligible for the vaccine to include members of the BIPOC community who are 16 years old or older. Right now, all residents who are over 40 years old are eligible for the vaccine in Vermont. Since the announcement, though, health officials have been receiving hateful attacks, including racist slurs, according to a statement from the governor. Governor Scott said that while he understands times are stressful, quote, that is no excuse to resort to hateful attacks on fellow Vermonters. He called for Vermonters not to be intimidated by hate speech or let comments keep people from getting vaccinated. According to Scott's office, only 20% of the BIPOC population have received at least one dose of the vaccine, while non-Hispanic whites are at 33.4%. And again, that's James Paleologopoulos. Now we'll head over to Megan Gregoire for an update on the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis. An expert witness in the Derek Chauvin trial told jurors on Wednesday that Chauvin used, quote, deadly force, unquote, on George Floyd when he kept his knee on his neck for nine minutes. Sergeant Jody Steiger, a Los Angeles Police Department officer, stated that the initial force used on Floyd was appropriate as Floyd resisted arrest. However, when Floyd was forced to the ground, Steiger stated that the officer should have de-escalated the situation. Steiger also cited Chauvin's 866 hours of paid training over the course of his 19 years as an officer, which should have prevented the situation from happening. 
During the eighth day of the trial, prosecutors shifted to focusing on Chauvin's use of force during the murder, citing that his force led to Floyd's death. The defense focused on testimony from Chauvin's fellow officers, who stated they were distracted by the unruly crowd to focus on the reality of the situation. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Megan Gregoire for WTBU News. Next, a quick Massachusetts COVID-19 numbers update. The state's Department of Public Health, or DPH, reported 1,566 positive cases on April 7th. That's the first time since last week that the DPH had fewer than 2,000 new cases. However, with 12 additional deaths on Tuesday, the state has nearly reached 17,000 deaths due to COVID-19. Although cases are on the decline, communities with a red coronavirus risk designation nearly doubled from 32 communities last week to 55 cases this week. Approximately one-fifth of the state's population has been vaccinated thus far, and 84.2% of vaccines shipped to Massachusetts have been administered. Finally, an update from Gabriela Lopez out of the White House regarding Palestine. The Biden administration restored aid on Wednesday to support Palestinian refugees, a program previously cut off by former U.S. President Donald Trump in 2018. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that the United States will provide the United Nations Relief and Works Agency with $150 million of humanitarian aid. Also, it will support Palestinians' economic development with $75 million for West Bank and Gaza, as well as $10 million for peace-building programs of the U.S. Agency for International Development. The UN Relief and Works Agency gives services of education and healthcare to about 5.7 million Palestinian refugees currently in the occupied West Bank and Gaza Strip, Lebanon and Jordan. Israeli Ambassador to the U.S. Gilad Erdan said that the education provided by UN-backed schools include incitement against the Jewish state and anti-Semitism. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Gabriela Lopez for WTVU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Varsha Subramanian, Kylie Ngoyan, Megan Gregoire, Stella Lawrence, Lainey Broussard, and Gabriela Lopez, I'm Will Andronico reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.